Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for Vegas Nation and Blue Wire Network. Vegas Nation sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. Sports, entertainment, little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Hey, welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by TickPick. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill. We're here each week to give you our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders before entering the world of news and topics we find interesting. Here we go, Adam, 34-24, we were there in Denver. I want to talk to you about one thing in particular, because for the first several weeks of the season, it was the much maligned offensive line, um, and they were easy to pick on. We we gave the people the pro football focus numbers and the ratings and the rankings. Um, I'm not going to say they turned into a great uh, offensive line overnight, but I did think they maybe played their best game of the season. I want to know what you thought there, and does that give you any hope as they move towards the Philly game this week that they've maybe turned a corner? I mean, I think you at least have to be encouraged. I think that's where you start, right? Where – Hey, that was a good performance. It wasn't great. They're not going to blow anybody away. It's not like they went out and ran the ball for carry and just completely transformed themselves, but it was a positive step. I think it's, it was an, the type of offensive line performance that's not going to kill you. And I think that's a big change from what you right. saw earlier in the season. So I think you, if you're the Raiders, you take a step back and say, okay, that was good. If that's something you build off of, if that's some, if that's the baseline and say, okay, this is where, you know, we're going to build off and move forward. That's great. Now, if that was the best they can do, that's trouble. Like that, that's a problem. Yeah, that, that that's troubling. Um, you notice something also, you know, they've been hurt and banged up in the uh, tight end position with uh carrier out and uh, they've got other injuries now, but they've still got Wally, they still got Foster Moreau. Um, I want to ask you one thing uh, about Foster Moreau. You noticed on one of his blocks, he's three people out on the Jacobs TD run. Is Foster Moreau in your mind undervalued? Maybe. Um, listen, I think that I think that he can do more, and they believe he can do more, and he will do more in the passing game. Uh, I think that's that's a, a progression that I think they want to make and they can make. I do still think he can be a uh, a real factor in the red zone where they've struggled a bit on offense. I think that's a step that they can make. But you know, last week we saw him take a real step forward as a blocker, and I think that's something he can do and that they want him to do. Uh, that they can continue to build off of that because he has struggled in that area a little bit, even though he's more than capable of it. And he's had success doing it in the league. Like he just hasn't done it consistently enough. And last week you saw when he's, when he's committed and he's focused and he wants to do it, he is more than capable of a blocker. And you mentioned the one play. I mean, he basically blew up three defenders on the same play. And you know, that, that was not only impressive for what he did, but I think you also have to give him credit for a lot of what the offensive line did. You saw how how much better Leatherwood was, how much better Parker was last week. And I think a lot of that was because Foster Murrow was on that side of the field for the most part, helping them out and and assisting them. And and when they did struggle, if they did let somebody buy, he was there to pick them up. And in the run game, he was effective. We saw that, as you said, on the touchdown run. We saw it on some other plays as well. In the passing game, often he would, um, if he wasn't around, he would shit before he went out. Uh, he would help in that regard if they went max protect like they did. I believe on the long rugs touchdown, they went max protect. And I think he was in there 
picking up, um, you know, a, a rusher as well. So he helped in a lot of different ways as a blocker. And I think the next step is to do that a little bit and then get more and more involved in the passing. game. we haven't really seen it this year, but I think it is something that's in their toolbox that we could see at some point. Yeah. Um, I want to stay offensively. I know we talked to now we're uh, taping this on uh, Thursday night to be out on Friday. Uh, but we get the coordinators for the football team to talk to on Thursdays with the media out at the uh, facility. I know you asked Greg Olson about this. I thought it was fascinating. One thing we both talked about last week was how would Greg Olson in absence of John Gruden call a game as the play caller and Vic Fangio, the Denver coach afterwards said, look, there's no question. They were at an advantage. We didn't know about Olson for a while. He hadn't called plays in a while. We didn't know what his tempo would be. We didn't know what his flow would be. Well, I think the Eagles are going to have a much better chance now because they have a game on film. They're going to be able to see down and distance and what he called in certain situations. So that's going to be on him to adjust. But I know you asked him a few questions today about play action, car under center. Like when you were watching that game last week when we were in Denver, how much did you say, man, this is a lot different than when John Gruden was calling plays? Or was it just formations that kind of got you thinking? I mean, it was the subtleties. And I I think one is um, early down play action, which they are 32nd in the league by a large margin in that. And I think you saw it a little bit more worked into the offense last week. And and, and that was something um, I, I asked Greg Olson, if that's something he stressed, he basically said, no, you were there. But I think one of the, th- I don't think he wants to just come out and say he's doing that one. It's tipping your hand and giving away what you want to do Two, maybe a slap in the face to John Gruden to say, Hey, I don't think he was doing this enough. And I don't think anybody, especially Greg Olson, who's very close with John Gruden is going to say something like that. So um, no, it, no. but it is interesting to watch. Do they do more and more early down play action? Do they, I mean, I, I almost stood up and, and fainted when they ran a screenplay last week. I was going to say, I, I think, I think you were sitting next to me. You yelled out screen. <laughs> I was like, wait, is this the Raiders offense running a screen? This is insane. Um, so yeah. And, and especially when you've had troubles, struggles, uh, struggles in the offensive line, like why not mix in a screen here and there? And you saw that, you saw that happen. And, you know, obviously early in the game, Derek Carr, a little bit more under center, which they've had trouble with the shotgun exchange, you know, at times this year. So um, those things and that, you know, that helps you run a little bit more play action, even uh, when you're under center. So I, I think those, those things you're, you're noticing, you're picking up on it. It's not like they blew you away. They didn't come out and run like five screens last week. They ran one, but it, it's something in the early down play action. They're still probably the lowest rate in the league, but at least they did it a couple of times. So it's something to watch and monitor and, and see what they continue to do with the offense. But there's definitely going to be subtle changes uh, to the offense. And, you know, Greg Olson said it, his job when, when John Gruden was there was to give suggestions, say, Hey, I saw this, or I noticed this, or maybe this will work. Now those suggestions become actual play calls. He's the one calling the play. And so, you know, it is going to be different. There's going to be changes and and you're right. I think for a game or two, you have an advantage and that nobody knows your tendencies, but you know, pretty soon people are going to know what you do and they're going to know your tendencies and see what you like to do. And now it's the, the struggle to kind of stay one step ahead of that process. Um, you know, I want to stay there before we go to the other side in the day Max Crosby had defensively, but let's talk about the Joker. We love Jokers. Uh, there's been many of them since we've been around covering this team. $11 million of this Joker, Kenyon Drake, gets in the uh, end zone a couple times. I don't know if that's going to happen every week. I hope not this week because you do props and I'm going under on that. I don't think he'll score this week, but we finally saw the Joker. Again, I'll go back to don't want to beat a dead horse here, but was this a byproduct of Greg Olson and not John Gruden calling the plays. You know, I don't know. And we talked about this on the post game and I, I want to see how they use Ken and Drake going forward. Um, but you know, when we talked about it on the post game, we're like, wow, we, you know, we saw the emergence of Kenyon Drake. We saw Kenyon Drake being involved in the offense, the joker that they had talked about, as you mentioned during the, during the off season. But then you think about it, 
They really didn't. I mean, th- he got six touches. It's not like he was that much more involved yeah. in the game yeah. plan. Now, the touches were in different places. He was able to make big plays because, you know, one of the touches was that long touchdown throw and they ran a route that he ran really well. Uh, and the throw was perfect. The route was perfect. Everything was really good about that play. So, you know, they gave him, they put him in position to make bigger plays, but it's not like they're giving him the ball a lot. It's not like he's a much more involved part of the offense. He just took advantage of those opportunities. Now, oftentimes, if you take advantage of opportunities in that way, what happens? You get more touches. I mean, uh, it's just human nature. If, if you're, you know, as a play caller, if you're seeing a guy make big plays on only six touches, he gets two touchdowns. The inclination I think is to give him more. So we'll see if that happens this week. If that is part of the progression of Greg Olson to say, Hey, this guy is making plays for me. He's making me look good. I'm going to give him the ball more. Yeah. I think this week, one of the keys is going to be after either containing or getting after Jalen hurts, the uh, Eagles quarterback. Um, some numbers here, which I think is um, shows you what kind of job Rod Marinelli's doing as a defensive line coach. Uh, 15 and a half of the team's 16 sacks are from the defensive line. That's six across the league. Their edge rushers have been terrific. Max Crosby, pro football focus, number one edge rusher and out of 105 eligible. Uh, Unique and Gawkway, 39th, Carl Nassa, 48th. So three of the top 105 eligible edge rushers play for the Raiders. Uh, the numbers are not as good in the interior. They're okay, not as good. Uh, some could be a lot better, but these guys on the outside are killing it from the outside. And I would think you'd say that this is important this week, given you have a quarterback who you know is probably the best rusher on their team. Well, he's Miles Sanders is the best rusher on their team. They don't give him the ball, and I don't know why. You know, they don't give yeah they don't give Miles Sanders yeah, the ball. I don't know why. Maybe we see that this week. Maybe they think they can take advantage of the Raiders in the run game, and Miles Sanders has a breakout. But yeah, for right now, uh, he is their most effective ball carrier, and Jalen Hurts because he's the only one that ever gets to carry the ball. And you know, we've seen him be successful in that regard. Now he makes a lot of mistakes, uh, but as a fantasy player, he's been very very impressive, and he's had flashes of being a good effective quarterback. The challenges that it presents is, you know. The, the Raiders are a little bit used to it, having seen a guy like Lamar Jackson earlier this year. But, you know, if you are, if you look at the pass rush and Max Crosby and Yanni Kingakwe get into the quarterback the way they do, uh, when you're playing Jalen Hurts, you can fight off a tackle and get to the spot. And then all of a sudden the quarterback's not there. Uh, so that's always the risk of going against a, you know, a quarterback with that kind of rushing ability uh, that, you know, you, you, you run a spin move or you run a slant, you know, you run a stunt on the, on the defensive line and you get home and you're like, Hey, where's the quarterback? He's gone now. So they've got to have discipline in terms of maintaining their, uh, maintaining their lanes in the rush. They can't let uh, Jalen hurts escape the pocket, especially when, um, you know, the Raiders had tend to, to be a four man rushing team and not play a whole lot. They might do it a little bit more against hurts. I would expect it actually. Um, but yeah, you can't, you can't get frustrated and you, and you have to maintain the discipline of, you know, keeping him, keeping him contained. And I think they've done a pretty good job of that. As I said, they, they got a, They got some practice against Lamar Jackson. They faced a couple of quarterbacks with some, you know, ability to run, but they need to keep doing what they're doing. Keep generating pressure, get there. And, you know, like I said, make sure he doesn't escape because that's where he's going to really kill you uh, with some of the bigger plays. But yeah, it's, it's a different challenge for sure. It's something different to monitor and be prepared for. But the way the defensive line is playing, I'm sure they're confident against anybody. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations.
Raiders football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Raiders tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another site, TickPick pick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Now led under interim head coach Rich Bisaccia, everyone's going to want to see how the Raiders season continues to unfold and if they are in fact a playoff bound team. That's why you've got to visit TickPick.com slash Vegas Nation today to save $10 on your first order of Raiders tickets. Uh, okay, well, we're going to we'll give our uh, maybe our uh, predictions at the end here, but I want to move on to something far more important. Um, have you seen ever what, what's been your take on bachelor and bachelorettes? Do you watch this show? Absolutely not. Ed. What was the long pause there for? Well, I muted my phone and then I <laughs> got you back on. Um, no, absolutely not. I don't listen. I am absolutely somebody that watches some trash television. There's no question about that, but bachelor and bachelorette have never, never done it. Like it's never interested me, never been on my radar and I've just never been a part of it. Now I've seen, Snippets here and there. I understand the premise. There's roses and all that stuff. Uh, I also did watch portions of the year that Aaron Rodgers' brother was on. Uh, yeah, I remember that kid? Not much of a personality. Sure, on that but I, you know, there was you know definitely speculation about him talking about some of their family drama. And I'm a you know Aaron Rodgers guy, so I want to watch that part of it. Uh, but that's that's pretty much the extent of my Bachelor and Bachelorette. I'm a Vanderpump Rules guy. I don't I don't like that one. I don't, I don't like that show. We used to watch that a little bit. I want to ask you two questions. Get to two shows that we came up with this week. One's very disturbing, and you're ready to watch season two immediately. Um, my wife and I have watched one episode. I don't know if we can go on to the second one. First of all, though, this Michelle Young is the uh, season 18 bachelorette. She plays a basketball player from Minnesota. She got rid of a guy this week. I want to ask you this: is if this was smart by the guy? Was he a versatile kind of guy trying to uh, get a date with her? Or was this wrong completely? He showed up with a notebook of notes that he had pre-taken and people had told him all notes about her, what she did for a living, what she liked, what she didn't, trying to gain the advantage of actually thinking and knowing about her and kind of impressing her with that, showed up in the ice cream truck because she likes ice cream, had a note in the book. She's a teacher. Pretend you'll, you pretend you think that's a good job. I actually gave the kid some credit. He's thinking ahead of the game, trying to beat out the competition. She found out uh, through no certain terms and bounced him. I don't know if that was a good decision. I, I kind of gave the guy credit for like going the extra Did mile. Did he have the notebook with him? No, he had, he, he, no, he, 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 he memorized the note. What do you think? He took the notebook out and started I reading. He wrote it in his hand like George with the move. No, no, this was not a George Costanza move from Seinfeld. This was like, you know, studying up when he got there, sitting in the room, maybe going over the notes. I think the thing that really got to her was she's a teacher and he said, pretend that like, pretend that's a good job. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, you can't let the, her see that you have notes. Um, the only reason I think it's a problem and not understanding the situation fully is you you are now making it more of a show than you are just about meeting somebody. And even though everybody understands the show and there's cameras and, and a weird situation, um, I, I think you have to try to make it as natural as possible. And she probably didn't like that part of it. Also, the you know the the fact that you know about her and she doesn't know about you makes it an uneven playing field, which probably makes somebody uncomfortable. So I, I'm going to say that's that's probably a good move by her to get rid of him. 
Okay. I thought, I thought he showed a little ingenious. Most of them Joe show up and one guy was dressed. She, uh, he was, he was standing underneath a table of food and she, you know, she picks up the uh, platter to see and his head pops out. He's a complete buffoon. You got people showing up firemen and fireman uniforms on little, little fire trucks that kids roll around in. The show has just become complete buffoonery. And the thing I don't like about this 18 years is the exact same thing. I don't even have to watch this season. I know there's going to be drama. Someone from her past is going to come in. There's going to be all kinds of crying and kissing and everything. And it ends up the same. I am shocked these shows last this long. Survivor, Bachelor, Bachelorette. It's the same thing every year other than with different people. You just said every that, year. Like you just said, it's become buffoonery. When wasn't it buffoonery? And also, you're saying you don't uh, understand how it lasts. You're watching it. No, 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 no. People in the house are watching it. I might walk through during a couple scenes. I do not sit down to watch it. It is, it is, it is on our uh, recordings. We record it because I don't have to tell you who, but very big fan of it in the house. And she watches it each week. And when the daughter's home from school, she watches it. Listen, we have colleagues in our sports department who does, who do fantasy drafts and they draft the people they think she's going to pick in the end. That's how crazy people are. Yes. Yes. So I, 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 I'm, I'm not a fan of it, but I, I, I wanted to ask you about the kid because I kind of gave him credit for doing some research and some homework. All right. The other uh, show we're talking about that you Ben watch, you binge watched after watching the first way game, uh, or excuse me, first episode, Netflix uh, squid game. Is this now give the premise here? Because I wanted to ask you one thing about like when you were a kid and games, you, you like to play and ones you feel confident in, uh, with Squid Game that you could actually play and not be shot in the head. Uh, well, I mean, I think you just—I think that's spoiler alert. Oh well, okay. okay. So watch Squid Game on Netflix. <laughs> um, yeah, you referenced that. I so what happened is I I downloaded the season uh, on my phone in case I got to watch it on the plane on the flight home from Denver after the after the Raiders game. I decided to watch uh, episode one, and I was so in. That I got home and I stayed up until 6 a.m. watching the entire first season all in one sitting, which is crazy. My goodness. Now, the premise, as you as you referenced, was essentially these people come up with a game. It's kind of a, a Hunger Games meets, I don't know, Pulp Fiction. I don't even know how to describe the violence of this show. Uh, but they, they find people that are kind of at the end of their rope in terms of debt. And I'm a friend of society um, and that have every like basically nothing to lose anymore and round them up and put them in a game and give them an opportunity to win. uh, I don't even know what the the uh, the dollar equivalent of of the one of like basically like 10 billion dollars, let's say like so let's say an infinite amount of money that you'd never be able to spend. You have a chance to win. uh, But. I, 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 you mentioned the violence aspect of it. I mean, you're completely caught off guard in season one when uh, you, you think something's going to happen bad if you lose. What you don't think is they're just going to start blowing up everyone that loses. Uh, it is horrifying. The violence is crazy and out of control, but I was in. I was okay with it. Uh, you get used to it. It's nuts. Completely nuts. Okay. So, spoiler alert, the first game they play is red light, green light. So, you know, red light, you got to stop and not move. Green light, you move. You got to get to the line by the time the plane, uh, time runs out. This crazy head, this uh, female head is turning around with green light. And then when she said red light, she turns around, anyone move, and they shoot in the head or the chest. Um, and she, her eyes zero in on everyone, kind of like a, a video game, and she knows who's moving. My question to you is, if you were in a real-life squid game and you had to pick one child's game, that you could pick to where you didn't think you'd die or get killed, but maybe have a chance to win the money, what would it have been? I mean, 
I feel like I do. I could do red light, green light. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's just kind of anticipation more than anything. The way you get caught is if you, if you get too far out on your toes and you're trying to, you know, go too fast, you just have to go slow. Take your time. When yeah, but you still you still got to make that line before the before the time runs out, or well, they kill you. I feel like I feel like in that in that aspect of it, it wasn't. It's not like you had to sprint. Like you had to cover a no, no. You didn't. Have to you had to cover a significant distance, but I think you can you can stay under control with your movement and still make it. Um, I don't want to. I won't get into what the other games were. I think most of the other games, I would be pretty screwed. Uh, that they played on Squid Game. Um, I don't know, like a like a Simon says. Simon says would be good. The one I liked as a kid, and I don't know how you could make this into Squid Game. Red Rover, Red Rover, send Eddie on sure. over. Then you got to break. You got to break through the hands. You got to go as hard, as fast as you can break the hands. And if they hold you, I guess you get shot in the sure. head. But if you can break through the hold, then you know you'd. Be I feel good. like a dodgeball. I'd be all right. Oh, that'd be that 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 that'd be a tough one, man. Boy, they they'd be shooting people left and right. Sure. Well, I mean. Again, I'm not giving it away, but there's a couple of games that are basically impossible on Squid Game. Um, oh, you haven't watched it yet. I watched the first episode. I, I watched Red oh, Light. Some Green. of the games that they get to in, in Squid Game, there I would just I would just probably have to tap out and like kill myself or something. I would I would have no chance to win. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Red Rover. Red Rover is tough, but I don't think you're allowed to play that anymore in school. Very, very no, violent. I don't think so because kids probably kids probably like threw their shoulders out and needed like labrum surgery. Yeah, that's a rough one. And you're you're trying to hold your hands together and, and make a a gate that somebody can't crash through. It's pretty violent. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a that's a tough one. Any sport though, I mean, if you get like a like a twenty one, you get a twenty one, I'd be all right. Oh, you'd be good in twenty one. Basketball twenty yeah. one. Yeah, that'd be a good one for you. That'd be a good one yeah. for you. Um, I'm going to watch the rest of this squid game. You've already watched it. Let me leave us with this. Then if people start watching on Netflix, when you, cause this guy tried to get this thing made for decades yeah. and decades and, and they finally got it made, which I think we both assume now for a season two, they're going to pay this guy hundreds of millions of dollars, if not more, just to make a second season and to do this. Cause it's so popular on Netflix. Did they leave you an out in the end to where there has to yes. be a second season or you can walk away and say, okay, that guy won it and we're all done. But I assume I know who's going to win this just by who's the star no, of the show. I'm not but so sure. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be assuming well, as it, as it goes on the next couple of episodes, there becomes like, there's one main character in the first episode, but after like yes. four episodes, there's like nine main characters. Okay. Okay. So hey, how about the, uh, how about the gal? Does she make it like the North her? Korean gal? Uh, follow her on Instagram. I'll let you know her uh, her tag. She's good. I- I'm asking you if she's okay. She's still, if there's I'm not a season giving anything two. Away, but listen, uh, give anything away. We've told people the entire no, show. No, not at all. Um, I will say that the yes, the the last episode is clearly a setup for a season two. Um, and in fact, okay. I, I if it was me, man, I I might not even watch the last episode. I did not love the last episode. I loved it all the way up. Like I, I loved the first eight. And then the ninth and final episode, okay. I wasn't a big fan. Well, we uh, we encourage you to watch oh, if you're yeah. out there if you haven't already. Watch Squid Game uh, and close your eyes in the first episode because it gets, oh, it gets really, worse. really weird and violent. It gets worse. Well, if it's worse than the first one, then really hide your eyes because the first one was completely crazy. That's going to do it for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by TickPick. Remember now, there are new episodes of Vegas Nation every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. You can also check out Vegas Nation Game Day, while we preview the Raiders and Eagles. 
Find all that coverage and more at VegasNation.com. For our producer, Larry Meir, and my co-host, Adam Hill, I'm Ed Graney. We'll talk to you next week. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations.